So I love my church. Wow. The pureness of two childlike faith represented this morning. Like, I'm not kidding when I say that's our favorite way that we start off our worship service. Um, and then just to be thankful uh, that we're here, that we're doing this together, that we have a, a God to worship and to sing our hearts and praises out to, uh, to Jesus, our Savior, who we get to love and to live in, and he and us, for the Holy Spirit to just be all accessible to us and giving us access to the, to the Father. Wow. Um, can we start off by prayer, please? Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this family. Uh, I thank you for all that you allow us to do when we are absolutely unworthy. We do not, do, not, do not deserve to be here. We do not deserve to come t into your presence in worship and in song. We don't get to even have the, the honor and privilege to say your name, but you have allowed us to be yours. Uh, Father, and I pray for the Holy Spirit to just saturate this room right now. Um, pierce our hearts with your truth and your love. Help us to see a little bit more of you. I pray for someone in here who doesn't know you, uh, that you break down that wall, that you reveal yourself to that person through your Holy Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Whew, you guys ready? Yeah. All right, so baby's been born, okay? Any, any baby, if you've been there, that's great. You're a parent, congratulations. You've gone to go see a baby, right? First and most important aspect, make sure the baby's healthy, you know, they check everything, everything moving and acting the way it's supposed to be. Is mama okay? Dad, who cares? Like, you, you didn't do nothing. You did it earlier. You're there for support. Um, but one of the most, the next most important step, and it's a conversation that happens, especially between mom and dad. Family gets involved a little too much. Uh, friends take a look and, and have their ideas and their input. But everyone is curious, who do they look more like, mom or dad, right? You're like, all right, what, what, what uh, eye color do they have, what hair color? Um, if you know my three boys, Carrie's got dark brown hair, brown eyes, okay? So Tyler, our oldest, and Cameron, our youngest, have her brown hair and brown eyes. Ryan has my, like, blue-green eyes. With more, his is still a darker hair, and he gets tan, by the way. Like, that is not fair. <laughs> but but there's, a, there's important factors of who your parents are and how you're going to look. Um, and it's important to, you, there's some resemblance. Uh, in look, in mannerisms, uh, it still freaks me out sometimes to look down at my hands because I see my dad's hands. Uh, my writing has become kind of my mom's like. It's really weird, you know, and sometimes even in the mirror, I'm like, that's really weird how much I resemble my, my father in the mirror. Uh, and you can tell who's related sometimes uh, by, by who their parent is, or like, oh yeah, you guys go together, your siblings go together. So there's elements of kind of knowing who belongs with who, uh, and it comes down to your parents, and especially your father. You get your last name from your father, it's kind of handed down. And we're going to be talking a lot about how much 
and how important our Father is that matters. Not our, not our earthly Father, okay, but our Heavenly Father. Um, and how much do we resemble our Father? Uh, so this group is talking to Jesus. We're going to continue on in, in John chapter 8. Uh, Jesus is kind of having his back and forth, and it's getting, getting a little hostile in this conversation. And he's going to start calling out some, some things that this group is doing and they're saying and the way they're acting they're like hey that doesn't look like a father i know this is really who the father uh, you know who your father is um and and names are important and this this lineage is important uh in genesis 5 you have all the so-and-so fathered so-and-so you have this this list uh the genealogies in matthew 1 and in luke 3 um, it's all the, the son of so-and-so. This, like, there's, there's all of that all the way through. Simon Peter is really Simon, son of Jonah, or Bar-Jonah. You have the sons of Zebedee, or of Thunder. So there's important elements even through Scripture of, of this heritage, of this um, bloodline, of, of what that looks like. And the Jewish people at this point are like, hey, we're locked in with Abraham. Um, we're going we're gonna to take a look at how they continue to keep saying we've got this right to God uh, because of Abraham, because of we are his descendants. So read with me John chapter 8, verses 39 to 59. And actually, throughout these uh, 21 verses, the name Father or the word Father is in there 11 times. Uh, and so read with me John 8, verses 39 to 59. Says so they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I am heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your father. They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews had said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him, I know him. 
If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not fit yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. So here's the beginning in verse 39, and even kind of backing up uh, to, to 37 and 38 is this conversation that Jesus is having. Uh, the Jewish leaders are like, hey, we are locked in with this lineage of Abraham. Let me read 37 and 38. It says, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. You speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do not, and you do what you have heard from your father. So their, their initial defense was, hey, Abraham is our father. And once again, they're kind of pointing to this lineage, uh, the seed of Abraham, uh, by blood, by heritage, they are locked in with God. They are locked in with Abraham as their father. Um, and that is similar to me coming to someone and just say, hey, are you a Christian? And they're like, yeah, I'm a Christian. And I'm like, well, how did you become a Christian? They're like, oh, I grew up in church. Mom and dad are a Christian. Grandma and grandpa are a Christian. Like, I'm just a Christian, right? That's not what makes you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. It doesn't matter who you're related to. Um, and so the Jews were like, hey, we're related to Abraham. There's a, province, a promise, a covenant. Um, so we're locked in, uh, and, and we're good to go. A free ticket to heaven. Jesus is like, well, you know, you say that, but you're not acting that way. Because who was Abraham? Abraham was a man who listened to and walked with and trusted God, even when nothing made sense. Uh, he's a man whose faith resided on this promise of God, this covenant that God gave, uh, that through him, future generations would be blessed through him. Uh, and so here's Abraham, nothing compared and resembling what, what uh, the Jews and how they're acting towards Jesus. Uh, in fact, re turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. We're going to look at Galatians 3, verses 6 through 9, and then Galatians 3, 28 and 29. Here's kind of a picture of, of who they should be with Abraham as their father. Uh, Galatians 3, 6 and through 9. It says, just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Okay, so the thing that makes a person a son or daughter of Abraham isn't this bloodline, it's faith, um, not by heritage. And by the way, because of that, anyone who comes to faith, including the Gentiles, not just the Jews of, of this time, that is also including us. We all get to sing, Father Abraham had many sons and daughters, you know what I mean? Uh, we, are, we are children and and Abraham is our father. Turn with me now to Galatians 3, 28 and 29. 
says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. That's what a real or a child of Abraham looks like. If, if Abraham's our father, it is all because of Christ. It is all because of, of our faith in him. Uh, but as we are going to see, there is no resemblance of Abraham in the lives of these, uh, these religious leaders. Look at verse 39 again. It says, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. Verse 40, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. Jesus is saying how, how you, you have no outward resemblance of who Abraham, Abraham is. Um, you're not from Abraham. And they didn't. Okay? You know for a fact, most of you, that I'm a Cowboys fan. Now, if I watch around in Commander's... Com Commando? What is it? Sorry. I didn't laugh first service. It just is weird. Hey, let's go to the Cowboys and Commanders game. Anyway, sorry. You guys can send me uh, all the love emails you want. randysacks at gmail.com. But if I'm walking around in a Commanders jersey, I bought the season, season tickets. I am so sorry. If I've offended you as a former Redskins fan, Commanders fan, I apologize. If, if I bought season tickets to the Man Commander games, and there would be two that I would love to, anyway, right? Then it's obvious I'm not a Cowboys fan if I'm walking around with all this Commander gear, okay? If I'm a true Cowboys fan, I'm walking around with Cowboys stuff. Uh, if you claim to be a child of Abraham, there needs to be a little bit of a resemblance of who Abraham is because of your faith, because of that faith in Christ in your life. Uh, and so here's the factor that Jesus is like, there's nothing about you that says anything that Abraham's your father. Uh, verse 40 and 41. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. And they said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. So they come back with some argument again about being a pure blood. Uh, there is no sexual immorality. There is no inbreeding or, or external blood that got into this bloodline. Like, no, we, we're locked in. We have this ticket to heaven because of who Abraham is. Um, and because of that, we have one father. All right, fine. If you don't think Abraham's our father, God's our father. All right, they got Jesus now. So they come back. Then it's God is our father. Okay, well, then let's look at that possibility. Is there any resemblance of, of their actions and their words and their belief if God is their father? Jesus comes immediately back in verse 41 and says what? If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. And how do we know that you're a child of God? How do we know that we are a child of God? It is because we love Jesus. Uh, that we have chosen to abide in him. We have chosen to put our faith in him. To absolutely go all in with him. Then we are a child of God. And remember last week, the house. Uh, you're not allowed to be in the house if you're enslaved to sin. No, we get to be in the house in our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, and through him, 
we have access to the Father, we are joiners with Jesus, and we get to hang out in the house. And so God is our Father if we love Jesus uh, and love him. But it is blatantly obvious throughout the rest of this chapter that these people don't love Jesus. There is no resemblance. Verse 43, why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. Now, Jesus didn't have some weird speaking voice that they were like, oh, I can't listen to you anymore, or a bad teacher. No, it was that they don't love Jesus. They could not, not only understand what he's saying, they couldn't bear to hear him, because he's speaking truth, and they couldn't handle the truth, uh, because their father is not God. Um, Looking at verse 46, uh, it says, which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? So here's Jesus, sinless. He, you take him to court, you're not going to convict him of anything. Okay, what greater testimony can there be in trustworthiness of someone who is giving you truth, who's never pick, been convicted of anything? How do, we not, how do you not already believe him? It is because sin in their life and because they don't love Jesus. Verse 47 Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And then they continue on through the rest of this chapter. Uh, They continue to to not only argue with Jesus, it becomes pretty hostile. Uh, They call him names. They're disrespecting him. In verse 48, they call him a Samaritan, uh, which was, was you know, name-calling in their circles, in their... Uh, in their country and they are slamming jesus with oh you're a samaritan you're not you don't understand the truth Uh, you're not this pure blood Uh, they say that he has a demon that's even worse Uh, verse 49 they dishonor jesus not realizing they dishonor the father verse 53 they say who do you think you are are you better than abraham so they're just no resemblance of god as their father at all because they are attacking jesus who, if you love the Father, you love God as the Father, you love Jesus. And there is nothing throughout the rest of this chapter with this. But Jesus responds by showing them that their hatred of him reveals who their Father actually is. Look at verse 44. It says, You are of your Father the devil, and your will is to do your Father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. I don't think anyone wants to be told, you're of your father, the devil. Okay? Kind of a little bit of this Jerry Springer scene, right? Here, the religious leader's like, hey, Abraham's our father. And Jesus is like, mm, no. Well, uh, God's our father. Jesus is like, no. Your father is the devil, you know? And and so here's this, there's slap in the face of these people group who love, who who love the law, love their religion, thought they were locked in, and Jesus is like, no, (laughs) like, your father is the devil. Um, You're not going anywhere in eternity in heaven with me. Um, And so big slap in the face for them, which continues on this journey to the cross. Because they, at this point, can't handle any more of what Jesus is saying. And think about this. They have in their mind, they have grown up with these 
generation after generation of thinking they have everything locked in, a ticket to heaven, and they're wrong. We talked about last week about being enslaved to sin. It's bad enough to know you're enslaved to sin, but to think that you're not, and you are actually in bondage in sin, but you think you're in a right place, it's going to be a big wake-up call when you die. Because you're not going to be in heaven. You're going to be in hell. And so here's this situation that, that is this wake-up call, and Jesus has to just be honest. You are not of the Father. You are not loving me. You are going to spend eternity in hell. And unfortunately, these religious leaders resemble who their father is, the devil. They reject the truth. They try to kill Jesus. And this is back up in verse 40. We see at the end of chapter 8 that they are ready to stone him, to kill him. Uh, they don't love Jesus, and they, they could not understand what Jesus taught. Uh, they had their religious tradition locked in, but they did not understand who God was, the word of God, and they're absolutely missing the point. So Jesus says to them, your father is a devil. You like what your father likes. Your will is to do your father's desires. And what are his desires? To kill, to, de to destroy, to lie, to deceive. He was a murderer from the beginning. And that reference goes back to Genesis 3. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had everything set up. And then some serpent comes in and tempts them. Okay? That's the devil. And he had the plan all along. He didn't want us in this right relationship with the Father. And so he deceives them and death enters uh, the world because of, of sin and because of, of Satan uh, tempting Adam and Eve. And in that, we have sin, which brings death. Uh, and so through the Father, who is the devil, is going to end up, you're going to die eternally. Uh, you're going to have this eternity in hell versus this eternity, this life that we have in Christ in heaven. And the reality of all of this is that there are two families in this world, right? There's a family of God uh, living in the house as joint heirs with Jesus, and then there's a family of the devil. There's, there's no in-between. There's no, well, I don't really want anyone. I'm not into religion. You know, I don't know if I really believe God. Well, then you're in the family of the devil. There's not this in-between. You're either of God or you're not. And it's who do we resemble. Look at verse 47 again. It says, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Uh, let me read to you from 1 John 2 verse 15. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Um, it's one or the other. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And I'll read ver the first six verses. Here's kind of a description of both families. Uh, Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 6. Actually, I'll read 1 through 7. Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's one family. 
And now here's the family of God. Verse 4, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So you got a family to choose. Which one is it going to be? And we get to be in God's family because of Jesus. He gives us the full access. Do you know why he gives us the full access and has the power to give us the full access? Is that he is the only way to the Father. Um, and in the midst of the chaos and the hostility of this conversation, do you know what happens in verse 51? Even after all the frustration, and we've seen Jesus, I mean, I would have given up like John chapter 1, and here we are, John chapter 8. Jesus, in the midst of all this, says what in verse 51? Truly, truly, I say to you, if you keep my word, you will never see death. Here's another opportunity for salvation. Here's another opportunity to trust Jesus in his word, uh, to trust him as Lord and Savior. And so even in the midst of all of this, Jesus was saying, look, just keep my word and you will never die. Now, not physically, all of us are going to die, but this is spiritually. You will spend eternity in heaven with me. Uh, when you believe my word, you believe who I am um, and Jesus can make these claims because of who he is. Okay, He is the son of God. He is God. Um, and this discussion continues until he finally makes this claim in verse 58. Another truly, truly, which is like a, hey, pay attention to this. What does verse 58 say? Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, he's given us a couple of I am statements before, right? The bread of life. Uh, the light of the world, there's some more statements where he says, I am whatever. Okay, these are, these are things he can do because of God and because he is God. But this statement is, I am. And this comes from or Exodus chapter 3, because this is a complete claim to be God. A complete divinity of who he is. From Exodus 3 is when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush. Uh, he's going to tell Moses that to go to Egypt to set his people free. And during this exchange, Moses asked God to tell him, well, what's your name? Like, who do I say has, has sent me uh, to save uh, or to, to rescue my people? And God responds, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. I am, not I was. There's no timeline attached to I am. He just is. God the Father just is. Jesus just is. He is, I am. Uh, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. So that's a, the claim that the Father gave to Moses. Jesus is, is making that same claim. You know why? They are God. The Son, Jesus is God. The Father is God. They are one. Um, and so the statement now has just completely set the Jewish leaders off. Uh, they've had enough. They go to pick up stones and to kill Jesus uh, right then and there. But then Jesus takes off and he goes and hides because it's not yet his time. 
And Jesus' claims are so radical that he, either he really was this deluded, crazy guy, or he was who he claimed to be. His claims are backed up in Scripture, um, and he's seen this. He's been without sin. Uh, they've not seen him sin. We, they've seen his signs. They're going to experience his death and his resurrection. Um, Jesus is I am. And he was right in front of them. And they missed it. And so as we are looking at this and we talk about who our father is um, and our desire, especially if you're here and especially listening online, is, is our desire to be that have our father be God for us to believe in Christ as our Savior and Lord and for that relationship to happen. So either we believe that Jesus is who he says he is and we are all in with him and we talked about if we are all in with him, we are abiding in him and he abiding in us, there's a radical change in our life. By the way, there's a resemblance that should happen, right? If, if God is our father, if we are in Christ, there needs to be something in our lives resembling Jesus in our life, resembling the work of the Father, resembling the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. There's got to be something that shows others that we are of Christ and that God is our Father and what an amazing witness and opportunity that we have. Or we just come even to this room and we might believe that there was a guy named Jesus He's got a really cool book to read, some really nice songs to sing, okay? You've absolutely missed who Jesus is as God, as our Savior, um, and in that to absolutely go, go all in with our lives, and surrendering in full obedience to Christ Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning. Father, I pray first and foremost that there is someone here who doesn't quite get it, someone here who does not know who you are uh, and who your son is, Jesus, and, and they don't understand completely and they're not 100% sure. I pray uh, that you just work on their heart and bring them to someone who can explain that, uh, bring them to a saving knowledge of Christ as their Lord and Savior this morning. Uh, Father, I thank you for the challenge this morning uh, that we continue to live out our faith and we're going to fall flat on our face all the time, uh, but help us to continue to glorify you in all that we do. Help our words and our thoughts and our emotions and our, our bodies resemble Jesus in our life, resemble you as our Father. Thank you for this opportunity of worship, uh, that we come completely surrendering and submissive to your will and surrendering uh, to what you want us to do and to glorify you in every moment of it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.